Welcome into another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack uh, from Rivals.com, of course, joined first by uh, a sickly uh, Florida analyst joining us from Miami, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going? Yeah, I got a stuffy nose. It's, it's nothing. I'm not dying. I'll play through it. Uh, and you never go to the doctor, right? Uh, I, you know, in cases of grave danger, I went when I had pneumonia. <laughs> you know, other than pneumonia, I'm probably not going though. And uh, of course, uh, Nick Kruger, who already b- battled through this year's flu in Texas, right, Nick? So you're you're good to go now. You're not gonna get sick anymore. Uh, no, I've had enough. Yeah, exactly. One in <laughs> true one and done fashion. Uh, boy, that flu is no joke this year, though. As uh, sources close to me can confirm, that a lot of people have been uh, struggling. You know. Obviously, people have weak immune systems. <laughs> so, anyway, shots fired at you, Nick, uh, and and a few other people at Rivals who've been struggling. Um, so we want to remind everybody, of course, uh, tell a friend, leave us a review on iTunes, uh, things of that nature. Uh, we have a relatively interesting show this week. Uh, of course, Rob was at, uh, where were you at? WrestleMania? No, not WrestleMania. I was at the Royal Rumble in Philadelphia, which is... Uh, yeah, that's right. Plus- but we got we got some complaints last week that you guys didn't acknowledge that there was a female Royal Rumble. So, um, you know, you're going to have to take that up with your socialist communist friends. They are not going to be happy with you, uh, Mr. Cassidy. Uh, so you missed a lot of the things that happened over the weekend, uh, rightfully so. One of the biggest stories, and it's exactly a perfect type of story for uh, this podcast, Nick Saban. Uh, caught on uh, some type of Snapchat video, or uh, I don't know if it was Facebook, but he was at Eddie Smith's house, three-star DB from Louisiana, and uh, there was a video of him dancing, appearing to do the Cupid Shuffle, which uh, you know is a is an easy dance. Even I know how to do that one. Uh, but it sort of uh, brings me to a bigger topic. A number one, coaches will do anything. Uh, it, that just goes to show you that they'll do anything to impress a, a recruit. Number two, Eddie Smith is a three star who had been committed to TCU. He waits to sign, and now all of a sudden he's got Nick Saban, you know, dancing in his house. So this kind of tells us. I wanted to talk about a more overarching topic. Some of these players we're seeing, and basically. It's six foot tall corners. It's a few D tackles that that have all of a sudden now are getting the attention. They're getting the five star treatment, uh, and of course, people are saying, "Oh, Nick Saban's dancing in his house, and you have him ranked as a three star." Well, it's like we warned everybody this was going to happen. There were so many names. So, Rob, you didn't watch the video of him dancing, but what's your take on this? Uh, on the love uh, being shown to some of these guys that that you know would have been going to smaller places earlier in the process. I'm just so happy I didn't see that video. <laughs> so I don't have to pretend to care about it, you know. Um, I don't know. I, I guess we we kind of called this out. It's I don't. It's there's it's a shallow player pool. This is how math works, as I often say. Uh, you know, a lot of these other kids that are committed to other schools would usually be the guys getting this kind of attention. Now, to the player pool is shallow, and they have to go after different guys that maybe wouldn't have gotten this attention in years past. I don't think it necessarily means they're you know the best players in the world. It's not like it's really hard, I guess, to articulate this and you do it better than I do. And you have on the show, you know, a number and number of times it's, it's not necessarily a signifier that, uh, you know, this guy is the same kind of player that Alabama would have recruited in recent years. It's because this is a much, much different year with the early signing period and everything else. Yeah. I was getting yelled at today by uh, a handler type who was telling me, you think, you know, more than, 
Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. It's like, no, I don't know more than Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. But I know that if they wanted this guy so bad, they would have been on him earlier. And we can't do our rankings based on the whims of schools. Because if we did that, you know, when everybody's not a take, you know, uh, as we've experienced over the last two months, I mean, we'd have to drop all those players to two stars, right? Because nobody wanted them. Uh, I have a theory. So, I have a theory. Okay. Let's let's hear it. Doesn't it? Uh, don't we remember a couple a couple months ago ahead of the early signing period? Did, didn't we? Am, am I am I misremembering Nick Saban saying that he wasn't a fan of the early signing period? Yes, I believe he said that preemptively before it even happened. Well, if the early signing period made you had to do a dance on camera and be put on the internet, would you be a fan? Of Man, it? that's what I was gonna say. Man, you took my idea. Your, your, Sorry, I didn't your sick to. tone of voice ruined stole my thunder. I was ready to go. He knew he knew he was going to be dancing at some three stars living room, and he wasn't happy about it. Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Meanwhile, I'm doing the Cupid Shuffle in here by myself for nobody. Hey, I'll take the Cupid Shuffle. Sorry, Nick. In terms of like horrible dances, uh, number one, uh, number one is probably the Macarena, right? Worst of the worst. Man, it's I, bad. Yeah, you know what? Too, I've seen people repurpose the Macarena too to different in various high schools playing uh, playing whatever songs by the marching band. They repurpose that dance now. Oh, and then they dance to it. Yeah. Well, but I'm saying like Cupid Shuffle in terms of annoyingly choreographed dances by song. You know, it's way down the list in terms of the worst, right? Surely That's the worst. Bad. I mean, surely there's a bunch of country music ones, right, that we just don't know about. I hated well, the electric slide, man. Yeah, electric slide is brutal. Um, but I will, I, to- you know, you know what always grinded my gears, and this is kind of a, a mini rant here ahead of the show. Is uh, did, didn't at the end of the cha cha, the cha cha song, didn't they say like they'll be back with some other song, and they never came back. They never, they never made another song at the end of the song. The cha cha slide is what you're referring to. Yeah, you know, cha cha, real smooth. Yeah, the cha-cha slide. No, I don't. Man, I was never that. What song is that, though? Is that, a, is that electric slide? Or that's no, not it's called the cha-cha slide. No, it's know. a different dance. So there's the electric the slide, and reverse, then there's the reverse. cha-cha slide. Yeah, I know it. Yeah, I know the song. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think there's an electric slide song. I think that's just a multi-purpose dance that goes with different songs. There is a cha-cha slide song. No, there's definitely. Is there an electric slide song? I've yes. never heard of it. Yes, because when I was in elementary school, we had. It's country- called electric slide? Yeah, we had country western day and we had to do all these force, like all these square dances, but the electric slide was mixed in and that started my hate for the song. I hated practicing it so much. <laughs> I- <laughs> Yeah, uh, I believe the song is called uh, "Electric Boogie." Uh, so I think you guys are overthinking it. It's just it's electric slide. Martha Griffith's "Electric Boogie," parentheses, the electric slide. So <laughs> mm. big ups to Martha. Special shout, Marsha. Marsha, excuse me, I'm can't get her name right. Jeez. Uh, so so anyway, uh, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> so anyway, Nick Saban dancing. Yeah, Nick's it's just, you know, Nick, uh Nick Kruger, you've seen it in Texas. I'm hearing, you know, we've, we've got all types of players getting late offers and stuff like that. Do you think after you now that you've seen it, what would you do if you were a kid would you, you know, head into the 2019 class? Would you roll the dice and gamble on yourself and then you end up scrambling or do you 
do you sign early? I mean, what what lessons I think can we learn from this? Is what I'm kind of wondering. Well, I don't think I don't think in a lot of cases it was, you know, it, it worked out for the benefit of a lot of kids, but I don't think it was their choice to to wait. You know what I mean? Like they just ended up finding themselves in this situation. And if I and you know what, goodbye that kid. If you if you get Nick Saban in your living room. You know, after he overlooked you and I make him do the chicken dance, make him do make him do something else, make him pay for it. You know, what I mean? well, my, my idea of the top recruiting in the country, sending coaches on a public scavenger hunt for his commitment just to embarrass them. I really want that to take steam, like just to hide clues around the city and be like, all right, whoever solves the scavenger hunt first can, you know, I'll sign with them and then send news crews out to publicly humiliate these, these coaches. <laughs> I think that could happen. I think that how many happen. how many so, teams do you think take part? Like if this happens, how many schools do you think send the head coach to do this kind of thing? Yeah, it would have to be the head coach, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. It's the only way you're in the running. If this happens, how many how so many schools do you think? If it's Trevor Lawrence, every school in the yes, country. Yes, it's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, every major program. I would love to see that. I would, man, would I love to see that? This is why I can I could never be if I was a high level athlete. This is the kind of thing I would do. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully some of the kids, yeah, I, I think what we, I think where we found ourselves at the early signing period, I think a lot of kids just kind of got it in their brain. I, I mean, I'm sure coaches influenced them and, uh, you know, tried to convince them to sign early in a lot of cases. And, and some schools had, had, uh, classes committed since the summer and all that, but, but hopefully, hopefully, you know, some some of the 2019 kids saw how everything played out between December and now, and, you know, understand that. They, I mean, I guess it doesn't matter to us either way, but but they understand that it's not a necessity to have to sign in December, and you can take your time with it, and maybe some more options will open up. I think people just kind of got it in their head all of a sudden that December was the was the signing day. Actually, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's tough because you don't have anyone advising. You know, some people do have people advise. Nobody knew how it was going to shake out. We didn't even know how to plan editorial coverage going into that because of uh so many moving parts you know there's a lot of google docs were filled out but <laughs> that rob couldn't access <laughs> hey rob do you know how to access the google docs yet yeah nobody told me six times <laughs> how many email addresses do you have one one email it's, it's like must have sent your other email i'm like no i, I just have the one oh man all right so i, I enjoy teasing old uh rob on that one so we're gonna watch it this year though we've not seen harbaugh where's harbaugh at is he still coaching we have, we don't have any cute viral videos of him doing anything so far. Nah, he we usually have, waits until the off season right when all is quiet and then he'll like uh well no but remember he camped out at the kid's house where's all that stuff i don't know maybe it doesn't come off as cute after you're not like you didn't have a great year you know yeah, that, that may be real. Um, all right, so so we see how Alabama going to great lengths uh, to get some of these guys, and all types of things are opening up. Nick, uh, last week on the show, and in, in a segment that ended up on the cutting room floor, we talked about Leon O'Neill, one of the nation's top safeties who's uh, from the state of Texas. Uh, he said he was going to commit that night, and of course he ends up changing his mind, so we ended up cutting it out of the podcast. He looked like he was down to Clemson and Texas A&M, but now this weekend, he's going to Alabama. Uh, they're all of a sudden in the mix for him, trying to get him on campus, and and looks like he's going to take that visit. So kind of give us an update on him and and, and how you kind of see this shaking out because I know he, he's not talking much, but what, I mean, what's going on with him? Yeah, he snuck, uh, he snuck a visit into Georgia. You know, he, he, went, to, he went to Clemson, and 
uh, on an official too, uh, very recently. And, and that visit went very, very well. But, you know, once he got back home, it seemed like, you know, it seemed like, uh, think things were turned back Texas A&M's way after he after he got back in the state so it's it's been just a constantly a very fluid situation um I know I know uh Dabo came into town this week to have another in-home visit with them and obviously uh coach Saban uh, you know has now gotten involved and he's trying to make up some ground here as they try to fill out their class at Alabama so uh you know er- everything's just been uh, flying it at Leon here, 100 miles an hour. It does seem. It does seem. I took a flyer and, and predicted in a piece, uh, you know, a week or two ago that Oklahoma would be the, you know, would be the surprise commitment for him. It seems like they're the only team that's completely <laughs> fallen out of the race, uh, you know. So with with all these other teams involved, but um, you know, yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see how this trip to Alabama goes. I mean, he's he's definitely a guy that wants to uh, wants to play for. He wants to feel wanted. Uh, so I think that kind of works against Alabama a little bit since they came into the process so late. But obviously, you know, kids aren't going to ignore Alabama when they come calling for them, especially on the heels of a national championship. Um, you know, their their most recent one, anyway. Uh, and and just you know, we'll we'll just have to we'll just have to see what he comes away with. I think you know, kind of segueing into another player that we had planned to talk about. It, it'll be interesting to see how how this ties into you know the recruiting efforts of Jalen Waddle because both of these guys were um, teammates on seven on seven last year. Both kids from the Houston area, um, and Jalen has been you know Jalen's been another guy who's who's been pretty mysterioso when it comes to trying to pin down what his motivations are in his recruitment. But but A and M again is the other team involved with him too. So. You know, we really have a, a good old-fashioned, you know, SEC battle here for for two two guys in the state of Texas between A and M and Alabama, and it's you know it's really going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Well, Alabama's had no problem recruiting Texas uh, over the years. I mean, even if you watch the national championship game, they had I think uh, uh, one of their starting defensive backs uh, was from from the state of Alabama. So they they've done a nice job of kind of reaching in there and. Uh, grabbing some guys this the problem is everybody loves waddle and the reason i put him on the sheet here is there is he the most mysterious one do you think that's left i mean i think he ranks right up there with with some of these guys that we have no idea what he's going to do because you talk to college coaches and they all think they're going to get him and i mean it's a week before signing day um it, it, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen it's like he could go to Alabama or he could go to Oregon or he could, you know, the smart pick is obviously Texas A&M. You figure he stays close to home. So uh, where does he rank? I know you've only been doing this current uh, job for a couple of years, but, uh, you know, in, you, in your mind, how puzzling is he and how mysterious has he been at keeping things under wraps? Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty good at it. It's, it's actually really funny because when you compare him to to Leon O'Neill, for example, it's like when you when you you talk to both of them about what their interests in in the schools are. Jalen will give you Jalen will give you the worst like next to nothing answer. He's a he's a really nice kid. You can have a great conversation with him about anything else, and once you start talking about football recruiting, you kind of you kind of really kind of stonewalls you and shuts you down. Meanwhile, Leon gives you so much uh, feedback about each school that he's considering that it makes you you you, you could believe that any school is going to be his choice. So, um, you know, with with Jalen, you know, I think. I think we've seen I think we've seen a heavy recruiting effort from Oregon. I think we've seen a heavy recruiting effort from Texas behind the scenes, even though they've they've kind of fallen out. Um, and Texas has seemed to have moved on to some other wide receiver targets. 
Um, you know, with with A and M, their their entire approach to recruiting in state, you know, has kind of been not not as not as quick as you might have thought because I think the coaching staff was familiar with some of the other uh, prospects they were recruiting while they were still you know involved at Florida State and they were kind of you know checking in with them too while establishing some relationships with coaches in the, in in the state of Texas. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I I think I think it's just I think it's just gonna it's going to be interesting to see what happens because Alabama has always been in the picture with, uh, with Jalen Waddle. I still think it's a battle between Alabama and, and A&M and, um, you know, and I think it's just a matter of what, what he feels is, is, you know, perce- his perception is, is if he's going to go play for a championship team at Alabama, or if he wants to be part of the new guard at Texas A&M. All right. So next week we'll try to put a podcast out on Tuesday where we do our, where our annual uh, picks here leading into signing day. So get your pick ready, Nick. Nick's pick to click uh, with Jalen Waddle. So we're going to hopefully have some type of projection at that point. We got to go back to last year's episode and see how we did. Well, I can tell you that the one we did before the early signing day, I famously said we weren't going to miss one. And then I immediately missed Cade Mays like instantly. (laughs) By the time the podcast posted, I knew I was wrong. Uh, because I uh, received new information, so yeah, well, you never know. We, I think we, I think we do pretty well, though. Um, I think we did real well last year. Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to go back and listen. And yeah, you don't listen to the podcast to begin with, let I, alone I've go, never. Yeah, I've never heard an episode of this podcast. To, well, we know based on the audio quality on your end. Has uh, <laughs> <laughs> it really been that bad ever since we decided the mic was turned around backwards? No, since you turned the mic around, it's been great. Yeah, we've been loving it's good. Been, Life. By the way, heat update. My heat was restored yesterday after 13 days. And let me tell you, it is cooking here. This whole house is so hot, including right now as I'm recording this upstairs. Um, now it's your turn, uh, Rob. Dennis Briggs, who's a four-star defensive end, guy that uh, really burst onto the scene after a strong showing last year at the Rivals Camp in Orlando, which is, of course, right around the corner again this year. He committed to Florida State. And I, I thought it was interesting uh, because Miami, you know, he seemed to be trending Miami from the get-go to the point where I thought he had actually already committed and decommitted from <laughs> from, from Miami. I, I actually, uh, when you were uh, at a Dodge this, this weekend, I texted somebody else to ask when he decommitted from Miami, and they said, he never committed, you're an idiot. So w- was there anything going on there with his recruitment, and is it is it really over, or is it possible – because the way some of these Miami uh, writers are talking, it's, it seems almost like they still think they have a chance to flip him again before signing day. I mean, I guess it's possible. It's it's you know it's Florida, <laughs> but I think it's over. I think they've got him. I think that you know if he was a kid that was considering flipping, he would have committed a long time ago. It's not like these options are new for him. Um, he always said he wanted to stay in the state. That, that was the one thing, and he kind of stuck to it. <laughs> you asked him, you know, from the early get go where he wanted to go to school, and he said, I don't know, but somewhere in Florida. Uh, so it was always, you know, the three Florida schools involved in it. I think Florida kind of removed themselves from the running when the coaching change happened. Uh, and he must have really liked his visit to Florida State over the weekend. And, you know, look at that. And you know, I think it is over. I think that, I mean, I guess it's possible. Anything's possible. But I, I see him signing with Seminoles. So we haven't seen a whole lot of of battles uh You know, a lot of people are wondering what's going on with with Florida State and Willie Taggart. We haven't necessarily, obviously Miami's class is essentially full. You were just at, you you did a story, of course, where you talked to a lot of uh, kids down there about uh, Florida, the new coaches at Florida and Florida State. Do you think we're in in a situation now where Miami essentially is the top dog uh, in the state of Florida and these other schools are now 
going to be have to have a good season before they can go toe to toe with them with some of the elite guys or what? Because I mean, you know, we're hearing guys like Tyson Campbell still looking at Miami, but you know, there's just not a lot of buzz right now around Florida State or Florida, at least from my perspective. Well, it was the perfect storm for Miami, and I mean, it was a really strong year in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area. Florida was terrible. Florida State was terrible. They both fired their coaches. Well, one fired its coach, the other coach left. Uh, it was just everything came up Miami. And, you know, when when stuff like the lines in recruiting, we always say it compounds. Uh, and that's what you're seeing. Now, yeah, Miami is the top dog right now. Can that change? Yeah, it can change quickly. Miami has a bad year. Florida State gets back to winning 10 and 11 games and it turns on its head again. But uh, I think all the power is in Coral Gables now. I mean, that's clear. I mean, I don't think anybody would argue the other side of that. If I if I could though, I mean, it, you know, it it does seem at least for the time being that that uh, Dan Mullen is is not. I mean, Rob, you you would probably have some better perspective on this. I mean, from an in state point of view, but it does seem that that Dan Mullen and the staff at, at Florida is still kind of recruiting their old pipeline areas from when they were at Mississippi State. So, you know, I I think potentially, I mean, depending on who they who they come away with, if they have uh, good enough relationships with some of those students, I mean, they could still they could still end up with a pretty good recruiting class sands a lot of high-end florida recruits though yeah and you have to see what happened here i mean we're, what we're seeing is kind of not only everything aligned perfectly like i said not only did miami have this this giant class of uh you know top florida recruits they got everybody in south florida not only did they get them they signed them in the early period so now two new coaches come in half the good players in the state are already signed with the third school in the state and what are you going to do you have to go elsewhere so I, I don't think that it's necessarily indicative that dan mullen's going to continue to not recruit South Florida, although that's the narrative that's being spun now uh, down here is Dan Mullen doesn't care about South Florida. Uh, whether or not that's true, we'll see. I don't think it is. But I think for right now, it's not. it wouldn't behoove him to come down here and take a, a stab at an area that's already kind of been depleted in 2018 because all the best players are signed with Miami and not just committed and signed. Right, exactly. And that's why I'm just wondering, do some of these, you know, does this spill over into 2019? Because you know, I think we all expected Taggart to come in and, and really clean up. And because of the timing, he didn't necessarily have a chance. The problem is now because, I mean, kids can be out taking official visits in just a few months here in April, I believe is when it can start. And then they sign early. I mean, we could have guys, you know, entrenched with Miami again before Florida State and Florida have a chance to show what they can do, you know, to, to show that they're back or whatever with a solid season in, in 2018 in the fall. So, I just wonder, are we are we setting up where because for a while, obviously, Florida State has had looked like the king, uh, you know, on the recruiting trail there for a while, and, and now it just it just feels to me like Miami has momentum. Not only not only did they do a good job this year, but I feel like they have momentum spilling into twenty nineteen already. Uh, they've, and they've got you I mean they've got not that it matters, it does not matter at all, but they've got some really impressive twenty twenty prospects committed. Um, now, you know, what they say here is your first commitment. If you're athlete in Florida, just says where you're not going. But, um, if everything is, <laughs> if everything keeps trending this way, it really, I mean, the momentum is there uh, and there's data to back it up. It's not just somebody saying it. I mean, the, just look at the commitment lists. Right. Exactly. So, so we're, we are definitely, uh, watching that. Now we do have a, a fun story we want to touch on real quick. This UC, the UCF Alabama national championship feud is all, is all of a sudden, yeah, boy, this has really become a, a whole, a full fledged wrestling situation. Uh, once again, Rob, you probably missed it over the weekend, but Damian Harris uh, retweeted UCF's football account and said, you know, where's your trophy at if you're the national champions? Um, and then, you know, now we see, gives you an idea why some of these schools take away social media accounts during the season. 
<laughs> from guys on the team. Now, I think the three of us all thought that UCF was really essentially doing this tongue in cheek, and they've obviously taken it to another level. We talked about it last week with, you know, how it helped uh, raise the profile of the brand. And now we have Alabama. I think we even had an Alabama assistant coach essentially subtweeting uh, UCF, you know, saying, let's, you know, keep talking, settle it on the field, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like they're gonna play like there's some game scheduled right exactly which i thought was uh which i thought was really funny um so 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 it's what so we- weird because i thought coaches didn't read social media what happened to that yeah that's weird <laughs> they tell me you know i don't pay attention to that stuff on the internet yeah I, the thing is no and I don't think anybody, I obviously have a lot of friends who went to UCF. I don't think any one of them is saying, you know, we're really the, you know, we're really, we're the one true champion. Um, I don't know. It's just been sort of interesting to watch it play out. Uh, you know, then we got, we had, look, we, you know, of course we had, look, Damian Harris trolls UCF national title claim with epic burn. <laughs> Boy. They really like people, you know, people that write headlines really like the word trolls and they'll just use it, you know, an epic too. Man, that was a double whammy. They used trolls and epic in the same headline. He would have eviscerated. Watch Damian Harris eviscerate the coach from Alabama. (laughs) If he would have eviscerated him with an abhorrent uh, claim. (laughs) Well, anyway, the uh, UCF's punter is, we love Twitter beef. So UCF's punter responded. And said, sorry, you're going to have to elaborate on which trophy you want us to show off. We have our conference championship one, unlike <laughs> y'all. Our divisional champion one, unlike y'all. And the trophy for beating our rival, unlike y'all. And the ball trophy. So, um, boy, punter, punt, the, the punter talking trash. I enjoy it. We all enjoy it, though. This is right up our alley, right? We love, we love fighting, don't we? I don't have a problem with it. I, I also, you know, I'm definitely team UCF here just because it's so clear that like Alabama is definitely the better team. Uh, but yet they're still just letting, <laughs> letting, letting this group of five school drive them insane, which I enjoy. This sounds like cyberbullying to me and I don't support it. Yeah. Uh, here, we, here we go. Here's what uh, Brent Key, who coached at UCF for a long time before going to Alabama, said, everybody wants to lie about us and negative recruit against us. But facts don't lie. Hashtag face to face. So how about that for so that's a he's subtweeting a lot of people, right? Yeah, I don't even know what any of that means. Like, I, I don't think that that's necessarily directed at UCF. Um, uh, <laughs> what I get from Alabama coaches is they get they get the most kick out of when people try to recruit against them using "you're never going to play there," which is basically them admitting that Alabama is a better football school than their school, and they really like they really enjoy that that pitch. It's a it's a weird situation, but the bottom line is it's it's raised UCF's profile. They did go undefeated. I mean, come on, it's guys. True. But you know? they would lose to Alabama. Like, we're clear on that, right? Yes, they would lose to Alabama. They'd probably be a ten point underdog. But you know, that's why they play the games, Rob. Is, is I'll uh, tell you what, no, they would lose, but I'll tell you what, they would cover. Yeah, <laughs> they would definitely cover. I can assure you of that. Um, all right, so so that kind of wraps up our our main topics this week. I think. You know, it's it's sort of interesting, guys. I I just 
I haven't, a, I haven't been feeling any buzz about the Super Bowl at all. I feel like I forgot the Super Bowl is even happening. No one seems to I, boy, I did not. It. I was in Philadelphia over the weekend, Woody, and they know it's happening. I, I regret to inform you. That, that, did you get my Snapchat of the greased poles? I did see that. Yes, I did see. I did see. I that. had an Uber driver that made me say F the Patriots upon getting in his car to come from the airport. I, they, they know it's happening. Um, well, yeah, they do. Sure. And, you know, they, they also think baseball is still a popular sport in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, their baseball team isn't very good. But the the point is, I'm not feeling the buzz for that, and I'm not feeling the same type of buzz we usually feel for signing day. I'm sure the early signing day has a lot to do with it. But, uh, you know, I don't know, boys. I just feel like there's not a lot of stories that are that are lingering over. Where's the Cam? You know, where's the Cam Akers? Where's Demetrius Robertson? You know what I mean? Where's the we, – we don't, we don't have the riddles. There's no – we don't have a riddle to share. Probably. Yeah, the most interesting guy left on the board is Sertain, right? Right, and I think we assume he's going to Al- or uh, LSU. Yeah, I mean LSU yep. is they they are counting him as essentially already being uh, committed. So maybe Campbell would be the guy, uh, his teammate that consists. Yeah, he's interesting, but I think Georgia likes their chances with him. But right, and we mentioned he does visit Miami this weekend, so who knows? Right, we mentioned some of the guys in uh, in Texas as well. So we're going to next week. We will do a shorter episode where we just kind of run through all the players. Uh, we usually try to do a couple podcasts a week of National Signing Day. It helps when we're together, like we were last year. This year, we are not together, so uh, we're going to try to try to do that where we make predictions uh, and uh, and project where everyone's going. Every uncommitted player, wall to wall coverage. Um, so, all right, let's move on. I do not have a tweet of the week this week. You guys uh, had any candidates or no? I just saw one on the on the old Twitter feed. If you want, all to right, let's hear it. I like uh, when you do it. Well, I mean, it's it's not really a good one, but since we don't have any other options, uh, so one of the one of the recruits in my area retweeted uh, a reply from Chad Johnson, aka Osho Cinco, where. Tahoe TV said, fellas, if a chick orders lobster tail on the first date, would you be bothered? To which Chad Johnson replies, they don't sell lobster tail at McDonald's. As if he's <laughs> going to take anybody to McDonald's ever <laughs> on a date. But uh, anyway. Oh, and then I thought we had a reply from a, from an athlete. No, that's it. You just... nope, that's it. It was a retweet. Guess what? Chad Ochocinco or Johnson will be making appearances at several Rivals Camp Series stop this year, from what I'm told. Wow. So, uh, oh, perhaps, good. Well, boy, topical by me then. Perhaps we'll have him on the podcast, and, and uh, I'd love to get him talking. I'm sure he could say some stuff to get himself in trouble. Yeah, um, and probably us for hosting him, you know? Right. Well, definitely we would, me. We would get fired. We would get fired. <laughs> I, don't know about, I don't know about you. There seems to be, uh, I don't know, no comment. <laughs> moving on so that's that's nick's tweet of the week nice job nick uh <laughs> moving you. on uh, it's time of course for uh, rants and recommendations now i got i got several potential complaints this week and I, <laughs> I am shocked by that i do like to leave it up to you guys so here are here are your possibilities i have a complaint about valet drivers talk about must be nice i've got a complaint about uh <laughs> doors being locked at businesses which really makes me mad and i've got a complaint about no public restrooms so which one would you guys rather hear <laughs> I'll, I'll, take, I'll take whichever none of those move the needle for you huh 
Well, what's the story? How, how can you not have public restrooms? You mean like they're not physically in the yeah, building? Yeah, that's what I... Okay, so there you go. That's the point. Yesterday, I was at a popular hipster uh, establishment, uh, National Chain, which uh, Rob, you recently sent me a Snapchat from as well as. And, you know, I'm shopping around trying to buy... So they had Airwalk sneakers. So if, if, see if you remember that. Um, yeah, I know, I know where you are. So I'm shopping around, looking at some records, you know, some... 90s themed clothing that's $87 for a t-shirt and things of that nature. So we're talking about a high-end store here. And, you know, I, I had come straight from the gym and I said, you know, ah, you a little stomachache. I could just go to the bathroom. Oh, sorry, sir. We have no public restrooms. How's that? Le- that should be illegal. And I understand. Okay. Oh, we don't want, you know, vagrants coming in to use our bathrooms because it affects the vibe of the store or whatever, which is a whole different story. But how can you not have restrooms for your customers in a business? How is that legal? I think I that, that must be against the code. However, however, I will say a lot of CES uh, drugstores don't have public restrooms either. <laughs> That's a blessing because let me tell you something. The next time you go into CES with a bathroom, look at how dirty it is. You will. <laughs> I shouldn't even say that because it's a corporate Company. Uh, yeah, you're gonna have to cut that now. We couldn't say the name of the chain that you were in. Oh, but you, we could just just you could just, just bleep. I'm just telling you, there is not a clean bathroom in anyone. Hey, go right now. If you're listening to this podcast, just stop in, use the bathroom. It ain't pretty. You know, they do not have one of those little checklists that say, Hey, has this been cleaned in the last hour? They do it by like it's like presidential terms. Has this been cleaned since two thousand and eight? Okay, one time, one time during that period, it got cleaned. It is a abomination. So I look, it's not fun. Nobody wants to clean the bathrooms, but you you have to have bathrooms if you're charging me, you know, thirty nine dollars for for a you know a Haim record or a, a uh, Heim. Is that what they're called? You know, if you're charging a lot of money for records. T-shirts, you know, you're selling Airwalks that you can buy at Payless Shoe Source for twenty percent of the cost. <laughs> you're selling them for eighty bucks a pop. You got to have a bathroom. I'm sorry. So that, that's it. That's an easy recommendation or a rant. Nothing too uh, spirited. I've also, uh, as a recommendation, you know, I've been watching BoJack Horseman, which Nick said he hated, couldn't get through the first episode, uh, but I've been watching it over the weekend, and I, I enjoyed it personally. Rob, did you ever watch that one? Uh, no, I'm usually as a rule out on cartoons. I'm looking at, uh, payless.com. They do not, I mean, they do have airwalks. You are correct. But they don't have like the, the, you know, circa 1998 or whatever it was, 1995 airwalks. They're like new airwalks make, they make boat shoes now, man. You want to talk about sellouts, but yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have the ones that were being sold at the establishment to which you were referring. Okay. Well, there's, there's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of places you can buy airwalks, you know, you ever been to a, they do have airwalks. You were correct, but I am blown away that they make boat shoes now. You ever been to a Kmart? Do they still have Kmart? I do not believe so. Let me, I'll, I'll, I'll look on that. So, uh, how about you guys? You guys got anything? I, I've, I've been carrying this segment for months. It seems like. Nah, I, I'm just not mad enough anymore, man. I'm, I'm done with them. You're trying to be, mad happy, trying to be a you happier just, person in 2018. You, you spent five minutes before the podcast ranting about your email. <laughs> I guess all out. Well, here's the guess. I'm not mad enough about things that anybody in the mainstream can relate to. Uh, well, people are mad at you for not suggesting, not, not mentioning the women's division of the Royal Rumble. Who won, by the way? 
uh, Asuka won the women's Royal Rumble. Yeah. The same person in our little pool won the men and women. And I had to fork over 500. He's the most like obnoxious of the bunch and never stops gloating about stuff. So it was by far the worst outcome that I could have had. Never heard of her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. Hear, I did hear our girl Rhonda came out and didn't didn't exactly light the world on fire. Her uh, she, that, she looked so awkward and uncomfortable and not natural out there. Like, yeah, I was already fact, on the fact, so, did, so did so did Lita. Uh, by the way, if we're going to talk about the women's Royal Rumble, everybody was excited to see Lita come back out there, and she looked. Uh, she looked like a fish out of water. Like yeah, she pulled off one of those moonsault backflips. No, I thought she was going to break her neck. I thought <laughs> yeah, we were was, it was not pretty. But, yeah, it was bad, but she did do it. Okay, uh, Nick, you are you watching The Bachelor this season? You bet I am. Absolutely. Okay, so we had a wrestling crossover episode recently. Two episodes ago, three episodes ago. Did you watch it? Uh, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. They brought out two former, you know, two ex female wrestlers, right? And they were. They were teaching the girls how to wrestle. Right. And I mean, within seconds, I mean, how many girls started did these professional wrestlers make cry instantly? There were tears. One, the, one of them pulled the girl's ponytail. And I mean, safe spaces were violated. It was like two. <laughs> it was really two different what eras. The, what, the girls on the, what the girls on the show didn't realize is that like. It was, I mean, they, everything was a promo. Everything was, everything was in character. And if, and the one girl got, they, actually, it turns out the Be- Becca K or whatever her last initial is, the youngest one on the show is all of a sudden, like the most level-headed, most rational, most favorite uh, contestant, w- widely uh, speaking by, you know, from the audience. And she was all about it. She knew how to wrestle. She understood everything was, you know, everything was a work, so to speak. And uh, the girls that just could not get that through their head, you know, went went to the old standby uh, trope on The Bachelor, which is to, you know, just to cry and, and pretend like something is traumatic uh, to your <laughs> you have some kind of repressed memory or maybe PTSD in your case. <laughs> well, you know, we all know that I struggle with mental illness, uh, so that definitely wouldn't take much. I'll go. Guess what? One of those one of those old wrestling broads pulls my, pulls my hair like that. It's on. I mean, like like you said. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, you know. Sorry, I could not. I couldn't anticipate the semi trunk hocking its horn in front of my condo. But the the point was, as Nick said, they were in character. They were they were trying to get them like hyped up to like kind of talk trash back, and several of them just started bawling. Which I, you know, <laughs> do I we know who the former wrestlers were? Do we know who it was? There, there were two. There were two women from Glow. Oh, um, so okay, so they weren't. Oh, so they were just like actresses that played wrestlers, or from actual Glow. No, the no, no, no. Oh, from the so they were like older ladies. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. One oh, was little, little Egypt or something like that, and then I can't remember the the other one. I'm Somebody trying. asked me this this question this weekend, and I'd like to get your guys' take. If you could pick to be on any reality show, which one are you? Which one are you choosing? Oh, the oh, challenge! It's got to be the Bachelor. What you have thirty women competing for you? Of course, you want to do the Bachelor. Why wouldn't no way, you? Man, you get smeared too much in the public for that. Like, I just feel like by being on that show, a you open yourself up to incredible embarrassment, and b you're just you're just the yeah, you're well, the this, enemy this of the state. Is, you know, this year's Bachelor. This year's Bachelor. 
is awful. He's Has horrible. anybody ever looked come off of that show looking like a decent person? Well, uh, the guy, the guy that you know, to, not to put myself over too much, but frequently I'm told I look like I resemble <laughs> Sean Lowe, the Bachelor, and he's oh, he was a football player at Kansas State. And he's a very likable guy. Everybody loves Sean Lowe. No, I believe uh, that you know the only person to appear on twice had the last name Womack. So uh, you know, I think I would do the Amazing Race or some kind of cooking show. Amazing Race is cool. Once they start making you uh, a- any show though that makes you eat like weird uh, genitalia from animals or something as a gate to get through to the next level is you know, guys. The easy answer is the real world. I could go on the real world and I could cause. You want to talk about being a pariah? <laughs> yeah, but you don't care about that, right? Right. I would be a. I would be a national. I would be a national pariah. Yeah, but you don't be- drink, and they, you have to. I think that's like a precursor to be on the real world. You have to get drunk <laughs> you have and hook to- up, right? And I don't think that, right. that that's up your alley. <laughs> Real you world. Have more, Rob has is, I think I, I thought you were going to say you wanted to be on it because it was free living for six months. <laughs> I see what you did there, Woody. Yeah, Rob's, pre- Rob's got the most real world experience out of, out of the three of us. That's that's true. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> uh, but the women who were on the wrestling episode uh, were Ursula Hayden and Angela Altishin. Uh, Interesting. They, they managed to completely terrorize the contestants within minutes, according to People's TV Watch. So, uh, yeah, they, they definitely they definitely did that. So, I don't know. That's that's uh, the only new show I'm watching. Oh, I I, I am watching the uh, the uh, American Crime Story on our boy Versace getting Ooh, uh, murdered. Isn't that good? Yeah, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. You know, I like the OJ one. It's not quite the same, but. Uh, you know, I, I enjoy the format. I enjoy the the style. You know, it's a Ryan Murphy show, which I believe he does American Horror Story. Right. Well, he did Glee famously, and some some of those. Show, he might have had something to do with another show you watched, Rob. I can't remember which one. Um, I think I'm going to run through the old Twilight Zones. I saw those appeared on Netflix, the mm-hmm. '70s ones, the black oh, and whites. Jeez, are you going to then what? Kind of go uh, eat some kale sandwich? Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> what if you never have you not watched them? They're really good. Yeah, but production value doesn't really hold up on a lot of those, you know. Yeah, it doesn't bother me though. I've, I mean, I, this is a guy that watches fake, people fake fighting, you know, every Monday night. So um, that production value is not my thing. Yeah, that's Whatever. true. What do you watch? Horrible shows. Don't come down on the the Twilight. Well, I wasn't saying it was horrible. I was just saying it was a very hipster thing to say. It's like, oh, I'm going to be watching. No, they're great, man. I don't, I don't care if it's hipster or non-hipster. It's the, they're they're interesting and entertaining, and I do what I want, especially when I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, well, you you do what you want at all times for sure. It has nothing to do with you being sick. Um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we didn't get any iTunes reviews this week. Nothing after such great reviews last week. It's not, it's not review season for us. I think once we once we get into the camps and early official visits and stuff like that, maybe. Did the guy that we were going to send the gift to get in touch with you? He did reach out to me uh, via DM. I don't think I had a chance to uh, reply to him yet as it went into my unfiltered. Uh, you know, I've had to crack. This may shock you. As I say, I've been receiving some uh, unfortunate messages as of late in my Twitter DMs. Yeah, weren't you the one that lectured me when I used to have my DMs open on why do I do that? And then I closed them and then you opened yours. Well, yeah, but they're filtered now. Ah. They they filter people into one category into people you follow and another into people you don't follow. So uh, our, our, our guy who left one last week went into the unfiltered one. I just have to sort through and uh and see it again because i saw it briefly i can't i can't find it now but um 
Anyway, we're going to be back next week with a with a more in depth episode. If, you, if there's anything, oh geez, look at this. Hold on. Boop, 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 boop. Breaking news: Scott Frost takes responsibility as two Nebraska players hospitalized after workout. Oh man, it's Willie Taggart the sequel. Boy, what is it with these Oregon related coaches here? Oh, and guess who? Guess who? One of them was Rob. Oh, uh, was it Peyton Newell? No, no. If you had to guess another player that was constantly hurt, who was very highly rated, who went to Nebraska. Oh, uh, the California kid. Tarjan Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am just stunned. Uh, He was hospitalized, uh, being treated for, boy, like I can't say that word. I mean. Is he okay? Here's what happens. This is, is, you know, last year, three players, you know, they're fine. They're in the, it's the same. Same thing that happened at Oregon last year and the same thing that happened at, at Iowa. So uh, you, you have these new coaching staffs come in and say, we're going to whip these players into shape. And next thing you know, uh, you know, Frost said, anything that happens in this program is my responsibility. I feel terrible. Hopefully we never have to go through this transition again. We'll certainly learn from it. Player safety is our number one priority. Yada, yada. But as, as you remember, I think what had happened at Oregon last year, the, the, the reaction from football Twitter was like, those kids are soft, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. But you're not allowed to say that. Right, but I'm saying that was – you're not allowed to say that in normal society, but in football world, uh, they were <laughs> – Football world, yeah, it's all for it, right? Yeah, I saw – I, I a little bit of grit. I thought I saw a news story the other day saying – two uh, two Nebraska kids went on a radio interview or something and said that uh, – Coach Frost is stronger than half the team, or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, uh, beating them in the beating them in the weight rooms, creating a unhealthy competition with the players, I suppose. Yeah, we know, we know, we know. Scott Frost is, uh, you know, in great physical condition, especially based on some of the messages that uh, that Rob showed me from some people in his life uh, in terms of their <laughs> admiration for. There, there are Nebraska female Nebraska fans that I know that are very interested in Scott Frost for more than just his coaching ability. Yeah, probably, probably male fans as well. So, um, yes, people like Scott Frost. Great shape. Uh, yeah, we saw him running the triple option when he was at UCF as the quarterback. You know, playing quarterback in practice. So, uh, just goes to show. Uh, Nick's favorite expression that uh, you know he's he's in good shape, but get, you can't you can't have guys. This is not you. You can't put guys in the hospital. Do you know how hard you have to work out to send someone to the hospital? Well, especially a college athlete. You know, it wouldn't be very hard to send me to the hospital. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, well, not me, because guess what? I was just I killed it in All the right, okay. <laughs> I'm hitting the music right now. M-Deuce, play us out. <laughs> All right.